You are listening to This Morning. Now, take the time to write. You can do your life's work in half an hour a day. There's a quote from Robert Haas, one of America's most celebrated poets. And as part of our special broadcast to mark the new spring season here at TBS EFM, it's our great pleasure to invite him on our show today. Thank you very much for joining us. Well, it's a pleasure. I just want to introduce you a little further. You have a Pulitzer Prize for poetry back in 2008 for Time and Materials, the first book of poetry since 1983 to win both the Pulitzer and the National Book Award, a former U.S. Poet Laureate and currently teaching at UC Berkeley. Can you start by just introducing your passion for poetry for us? Can I start by introducing my passion for poetry? Um, I don't quite know how to do that except to say, tell the story of beginning to read poetry in uh, high school and in college, feeling kind of magic in it, uh, beginning to write it over time in my early 20s, finding myself, um, when the day's work was done, doing nothing but sitting down to these sheets of paper in which I'd scrawled out some lines and uh, start working on them and loving the absorption of that work, listening to the music of language, exploring the direction of thoughts and feelings, it, it became became my uh, vocation. And clearly you're very good at it. But the reason I ask is because there are clearly an, a large number of readers who overlook poetry or, or don't see it as something that they would sit down and and digest in the same way as a novel, for example. Why does poetry matter to the world, in your view? Well, th- there are a bunch of reasons, but the, the simplest reason to say it is the fullest and richest archive of the history of human feeling and thought that we have. You know, going back to the very beginnings of, 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 liter- of literacy, literate writing, which is, you know, there are probably 100,000 years of song and play with language before that, but from the moment, the event horizon when people could write things down, what, what we glimpse of what people are thinking and feeling, we get most memorably and most richly in poetry. So that's that's a powerful reason. Certainly you know, is. As for people not reading it all the time, we're not introspective all the time. And uh, it's not that we need the kinds of, of things that the experience, anyway, of written poetry give um, all the time. My daughter was babysitting at the house of some friends, and I went to pick her up, and she said, Dad, look around, do you notice something? And I looked, didn't see, but she said, there's no television set. They're readers. And uh, I looked at their bookcases and saw, I think he was... Uh, psychiatrist, she was a social worker, there were novels, one of them liked to read history, one of them seemed to read a lot of self-improvement books, Um, there were books about places to go skiing and books about traveling in China, and there were a few few volumes of poetry. Beloved poets, uh, Pablo Neruda, Sylvia Plath, Robert Frost, and I thought, you know, that's maybe about right in a busy life. 
people find a few poets whose music invite them into their own interior experience and 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 those sit there on the shelf all with the other kinds of reading that we do for pleasure for escape to learn things for many they'll be aware of quotes even if they're not aware of full poems but i'd like to invite our listeners to share any particularly special connection with poetry that you might have and 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 prove it wrong, this idea that suddenly poetry's lost its place in the world. Pound of Sharp, 1013 for 51 per message. And Robert has, you certainly have given a very powerful reason for poetry's standing. And I heard that you write every day, even if that means only 15 minutes to jot down your thoughts in a notebook that you carry around with you. What has been a subject that you've been writing a lot about lately? Well, I've been writing about the weather. Uh-huh. We've had a long drought in California, and it's uh, the end of winter, beginning of spring, when the great drenching rains come. So I've been trying to find a language for the, for the way um, raindrops from a lashing Pacific storm leap off the, off the sidewalk uh, outside my window, uh, writing about the beginning of the movement of migratory birds. Who I'm looking out the window now at a bare, brown, sycamore, very gnarled. Uh, It's uh, sunny at the moment between moments of rain. So describing what the world is like uh, uh, as it presents itself to us is, for me, often a way to get started writing about anything. So that's what I have lately been writing about, the gold lichen on the branches of the bare brown branches of the sycamore tree. The way you speak, uh, Mr. Haas, it's like poetry. Uh, d- <laughs> d- do you think anyone can do this, or or do you think you have to have this kind of descriptive imagination? I, I think different people have different kinds of imagination, and so, you know, as there are a great many styles of poetry, but I also think that the materials of poetry, if someone, for the term of the stuff that's always going through our mind, Someone used the term brain roof chatter, you know, that kind of flow of, of uh, thought, sensation, reflection. We all have that. And what poetry mostly does is that's the main tool. It, you, you try to make a music out of that. But, I mean, it, technically what poetry does, I was just reading about this in an interesting way, and I wonder what listeners who are fluent in both Korean and in English think of this, but the, but what the, the scholar argues that in each language, the particular, the whole point of poetry is to say things memorably, so that it sticks in the mind. And people find their way in the genius of a particular language for uh, the way for that to happen. You know, in Chinese, it happens with a tonal system. In English, with a stress system. Apparently, in the Romance languages in classical Latin, but also in Spanish and Italian, it's really to do with the flow of syllables. So, but every language finds its way to the way that things catch in the mind, in the way that the the way that the barbs and hooks and grasses catch in the cuffs of pants. It's a evolutionary way of surviving and perpetuating our private communications with each other. I'm very pleased to say as well that we will get a taste of this 
genius that you bring to the subject uh, in Seoul in May. You could be taking part in the 2017 Seoul International Forum for Literature. Can you tell us about your plans uh, during the visit to Korea? Well, I don't know yet what I'm to do. I know I'm to give a talk, and what I'm in the midst of right now is trying to write it. <laughs> uh, but I'm, I haven't been to Seoul in a couple of years. I've been there a few times. First time I visited Seoul was in 19. 19- 84, I said this then, uh, that in, uh, you know, I was born in the 1940s, so I grew up, came to consciousness of the world in the 50s, and so my early images of Korea come from early television and the, and the Korean War, in black and white, fuzzy black and white, mud and destruction, uh, those scary images from the devastation of those war years. And so when I got off the airport in Seoul in 1984, I think it was 1986, actually, it was like the moment in the Wizard of Oz movie when the film goes from black and white to technicolor. Suddenly there was this stunningly beautiful country, steep hills, pine forests, beautiful bay, this gleaming city. uh, And I fell in love with Korea. So... uh, and I've, I've only been back four or five times, and all for short visits. But every time I there, I find it so beautiful and rich and stimulating in place. Um, so I'm very much looking forward to that and to seeing some friends. I'm uh, an, an admirer of uh, the poet Koon. I'm an admirer of Brother Anthony of Taisa, who is a prolific translator of... He's the main channel for Americans to Korean poetry. Mm. Many translations of Korean poetry. Yeah. And, and other poet friends. I'm excited to be well, here. We'll look forward to looking you up when you're here as well. Um, and again, I'm, I'm just struck by how listening to you is almost like a live poem. I'll just say thank you so much because we're out of time. It's a great pleasure to bring in our spring season with you today. Well, thank you very much. It was a pleasure to talk to you. Well, thank you very much. Robert Haas, Pulitzer Prize winning poet.